Welcome to Making Your Impact, a podcast to inspire and equip you to pursue your calling and make your positive impact on the world. I'm your host, Melissa Ike. I have a passion for making an impact, and I also have a passion for helping you make yours. So let's get started. Welcome back to Making Your Impact. I am excited you're here for this special episode, a very special episode, if I do say so myself. I'm not going to give it much introduction. It's a little bit of a different format than other episodes on this podcast, but I just wanted to kick it off real quick, introduce myself. I'm your host, Melissa Ike. I am a nonprofit co-founder and director, an anti-human trafficking activist, attorney, speaker, and writer. You can learn more about me at melissaike.com. That's Melissa, E-I-C-K.com. This is a conversation with a couple of my friends that I share something very special with, and I am going to just dive right in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Making Your Impact. We've got a special episode today. It's the birthday episode. You'll soon find out why. I'm your host, Melissa Ike, and I've got two very special guests with me today. You all want to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Kaylee. And I'm Marla. And the three of us have something very special in common. Today is July 3rd. Well, when you're listening to this is July 3rd. Today when we're recording is not July 3rd. And it is all our birthdays. And I think that you guys should tell the story about how mm-hmm. you first figured out that you two had the birthday. So I can tell mm-hmm. you first that, like, you want to talk about um, your job at Dragonfly, Marla? Yeah. The peeps who listen know about Dragonfly. Yes. So I serve currently as the volunteer outreach coordinator at the Dragonfly home. And I started last year. And so one of my times that I was coming in before work, I was actually helping Kaylee. um, Because we had just moved. Right. We had Mm -hmm. just moved from old Dragonfly to new Dragonfly because we had to, you know, we had, we needed more space. Mm -hmm. So um, I was helping Kaylee sand something or Mm -hmm. paint something. Mm -hmm. And I ended up being myself and asking her her life story. (laughs) Literally. So she started it out with well, I was born July 3rd, 1993. And I was like, no way. I was like, that's my birthday. And then I heard her story. And then we came in at the end to like check in with Melissa and Whitney. And we were like, yeah, we found out we have the same birthday. And they were like, oh, when's your birthday? And we were like, July 3rd. And Melissa's like, my birthday is July 3rd. I couldn't believe it. But the funny thing is I remember you two like burst through the door. (laughs) And you like, guess what we just found out. And then it just amplified. Yes. It's one of the greatest coincidences of my life. Absolutely. I know. And you, do you want to talk about what you were doing at Dragonfly at the time? Yep. Just, uh, I was an intern. Just started, an intern. Uh, you know, back in May 2018 mm-hmm. is when I started. Yeah. So just anything and everything that needed to be done. And it's that included true. refinishing a dresser uh-huh. <laughs> one week. <laughs> Nonprofit life. <laughs> yep, that's right. It was a beautiful dresser. It was a beautiful dresser, and it turned Still out is. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did a really Super good happy. job and basically discovered... Spurred my DIY yeah. side biz. Yeah, definitely. In the future. So let's talk about birthdays. So tell me, do you have like a favorite July 3rd birthday party memory? Mm. Well, all the friends would always go home. For the yeah, freaking 4th yeah, of or, July. Or they were gone, yeah, on the weekend. So not a lot of birthday partiness necessarily but they're always fireworks so wow we just have such a shared experience (laughs) yeah 
Okay, well, maybe not July 3rd, mm-hmm. but did you have, like, an offset party a week earlier or later? No, one year my mom forgot and didn't give me a birthday party until October. <laughs> I said best memory, not worst, Kaylee. <laughs> my brother's birthday was in November, so she said, I have to give you your birthday party before your brother's. Oh, man. That's so sad. <laughs> I know. It's great. So I had a Halloween themed birthday party one year. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Okay. So uh so favorite birthday memory? <laughs> was it that one? I mean, it wasn't bad. Right. I didn't know. I was like eight. Okay. What about you, Marla? I I mean I, I will say I do relate with the like having a birthday in the summer growing up was hard because yeah, everyone's out of town. And then if you try to celebrate your half birthday, like, you know, if it's like, if you're in school, Uh it's on Christmas break. That's right. Mm -hmm. So, but I would say that my favorite birthday memory was honestly last year. Um, I was having a really hard summer and it was actually my second day of work at Dragonfly. Mm -hmm. Um, and they ended up throwing me off because it was a surprise party, but it was a week after my birthday (laughs) and they, yeah, Basically, my whole community group and drag, part of Dragonfly came out and surprised me, and it was a genuine surprise. I've actually, like, never been that genuinely surprised before, and my friend Michaela threw it at her house and told me we were just going to lay on her bed and watch a movie. <laughs> That's right. And then I walked in. It was not, that was not what's happening. No, what's there happening. were tons of people there. Yes, and it was... Tangled theme, which is like my favorite. Oh, that's right. So it was Rapunzel themed. This week. So that's oh. my. That's probably my favorite birthday memory. That was a hopping party. Um, what is? Let's see what mine is. Okay, I know for sure this would have been my. I think it was my fifteenth birthday, and I just had like this great group of friends over and one of one of the girls was starting to become my best friend and became like my best friend all throughout high school I had these friends over I organized a bunch of like super fun games for us to play and had like little prizes for everybody and then it was you know as July in Iowa so I remember it being warm but like pleasant we just went out and like played with the basketball on our little basketball court for a while and made up games, you know. And then um, there were fireworks that night on July 3rd. And mm-hmm. so a group of us went to, to fireworks. And I remember we sat around and did like those, I don't know what they're called, like the hand clapping mm-hmm. games, you yeah. know. And we just did that. And all I remember from that day is everybody just laughing. I will say this year might be my favorite, even though it's still coming up, because my best friend is getting induced on my birthday at 7 in the morning. What oh. a nice gift for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Get a new little niece on birthday. your favorite birthday. I know. Wow. And you're getting to record this podcast in advance. There we go. So this is really laying a good foundation Mm -hmm. for you on your birthday this year. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad. Do you guys, like, if I asked you if you have, like, silly birthday stories or, like, birthday mishaps? Oh, Marla's got one. Absolutely. Locked and loaded. Okay. So I could say a lot. There's been a lot of really crazy birthdays. Um, But I would say my weirdest and craziest one was my 12th birthday party and for whatever reason I we went out and got our hair done which is totally normal right go out and get your hair done we like got our nails done it was like a big like I mean it was like probably 10 girls there like that's pretty expensive my parents like went all out they felt like 12 was a big number so they told me I could have a great big birthday wow well I had one request and I wanted to TP my principal <laughs> and my pastor. Marla, I can't even yes. imagine you doing <laughs> this. the biggest people in Yes. Life. So 
I thought it was gonna be because they're both really like funny people. Like they're mm-hmm. not like they're not like they're not super serious all the mm-hmm. time. Okay. And so now he's the superintendent of more public schools. The principal is. It's so funny. <laughs> but we went and TP'd his house, and then he turned the sprinklers on while we were TPing him, and caught us. Like came outside and was like, "I've got you!" Like oh, but he was like laughing. Oh yeah, it was like yeah. all okay. I mean, he <laughs> acted scary at first, but okay. he was totally kidding. Oh, that's neat. I like your principal. Yes. Okay. And then my pastor, we went to his house and TP'd it, and he didn't come out but the next day at church he blamed all the boys in the youth group that they were the ones <laughs> you're like you're right pastor so we're you like, got him we're like yeah. behind him like wow we got him like, oh i love so, that i love that yeah, cute. So, i think we're seeing like this new mischievous side to marla coming out during the podcast right Don't to be a prankster all bets are off i really am really I haven't done it in you're years. gonna do a prank the entire time i was at dragonfly no i'm no i don't do it anymore like it was like a high school oh. thing where I would, we, we used to like, back. I could, I, if I start, I'll go on Should and on. Should put all of stuff in back Jell-O? for another yes. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. No, so Marla is the gym of Dragonfly. We just mm-hmm. never what? knew it. I know. That's what you thought. With the pranks. Okay. All right. Uh, I think that you and I need to definitely figure out how to put Whitney Stapler in some Jello or mm-hmm. something, right? We have mm-hmm. to now. at least a coffee mug. That's easy I'm to clean so afterwards. For it. Yeah, a coffee mug, mm-hmm. right? I've heard it's hard to do because of the heavier the stuff is, the more it sinks. It's actually mm-hmm. hard to achieve. I bet you just have to like to get that first bottom layer frozen, you know, set, and then you put the next one on. Kaylee, yeah. She's I, the I real prankster. That's with this. awesome. She's the technique. Whitney, you're not allowed to listen to this episode. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this one. We better do it pretty soon, huh? Okay. Well, the reason why I met you guys is because of your involvement at Dragonfly. Mm-hmm. And, like, your course of study and the type of career that you want to pursue. Um, I came to believe about you I think it's correct mm-hmm. that like making an impact in the world and like um leaving like leaving something more positive everywhere you go making a difference is something that's really important to you mm-hmm. um and I was just wondering if you could just talk about like your study and then I have these questions for you start out talking about it I was gonna ask um so if you have this passion to make an impact like where does that stem from, you think? I remember going into undergrad, basically my entire life, I said I wanted to be a teacher, an mm-hmm. elementary school teacher. So, like, went into first year of college, and it's mostly, you know, your uh, basic, you know, gen eds mm-hmm. that you're taking. But I got to take a one-credit-hour education course. It was kind of an intro to the education department. And it was fine, but I remember being underwhelmed, mm-hmm. kind of like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be, you know? So finishing up my freshman year, kind of went into that summer like, well, gee, God, I've been saying I was going to be a teacher my entire life. What what on earth am I doing? I'm an education major, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember pretty vividly one night, God, you know, kind of showing me there's a passion I showed you earlier in life, and that's what's going to become your, your kind of career path in life. So, yeah, I uh, changed my major to uh, psychology and counseling going in my sophomore year and just kind of always focused, you know, at any time you have an assignment that was kind of a little more open, I mm-hmm. always focused it on human trafficking okay. specifically just mm-hmm. to learn more and study. And, you know, same thing going into my master's of human relations. I just knew that was a degree that would fit me well mm-hmm. with this passion in life mm-hmm. and did. And then I got to do my internship with 
the wonderful dragonfly home and it just really solidified that I was like, yeah, this is, wow, this is it. So mm-hmm. the passion that he showed you early mm-hmm. in your life, that was human mm-hmm. trafficking. Yeah. Yeah. First learned about it. Uh, I had a friend when I was in eighth grade, lived across the street and got a uh, autobiography that was written by a girl who had been trafficked. Okay. I want to say in uh, India mm-hmm. by her stepfather. And it was just very hard book to read, especially as an eighth grader. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not... It's young. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not something you're typically thinking about at that age. Right. The world is kind of seen through rose-colored glasses, mm-hmm. you know, at that age. And just me in general, I'm very happy-go-lucky. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it was a hard read, but it, it just really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember specifically it saying that she remembers her stepdad selling her, and he bought, like, a couple Cokes and cigarettes with the money he got for her. That's what she was worth. Yes. Wow. That's that's yeah. what he was able to buy with the money he got uh-huh. from her. And, you know, it was it was a very hard one to get through. But I just yeah. remember being like so indignant about mm-hmm. how awful that was, you know. And uh, it just it, it was just something that stuck with me then. And I remember it was like it came back. Like that was just the foundation. Uh-huh. And then it kind of came back around. Later, right. Like know? over and over again, like you couldn't get away from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. OK. Yep. What about you, Marla? Um, so I grew up wanting actually to be a meteorologist. Yes. So, uh, and I force you to talk about weather all the time. Yes, which I still love. <laughs> okay. and I still love it. And I still definitely, it's something that I like love to check on. But I think that I was in, um, I grew up in Moore, Oklahoma, which is where all the F5 tornadoes mm-hmm. come through. So from a really young age, I knew I wanted to help people be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that that was the core. I thought I just like growing up in like I was homeschooled and then I went to public school and was like found out I was and at the time was like smarter than the other kids Mm -hmm. and at math and science specifically Mm -hmm. so I thought that that was because I was good at it that's what I should do with my life Mm -hmm. um when in reality I think my heart was always to help people be safe and Mm -hmm. help them um but I actually read a book in seventh grade it's called Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers um and when I read that book I didn't realize like what I was reading, but it really is a story about a, a victim of sex trafficking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Angel in the book is, she's called a prostitute, and as a child, she was sold into prostitution, but right. we all know that that's not prostitution. Right. Mm-hmm. And while at the time the law didn't define it as sex trafficking, but she was. Absolutely. Um, and so I remember that that story was such a picture of like God's like redemption in, that, in her life, um, and that it made no sense that she should have, like, you know, come out of that. And, and this is, I mean, this is all a fictional story, but, um, it comes from the story of Hosea in the Bible oh, yeah. of Hosea mm-hmm. and Gomer. Mm-hmm. And it shows like God's like redemption, how he doesn't stop going after his people. So I used to feel really hopeless about helping actual people. Like that's why I wanted to go into meteorology because it was like away from people. People are messy mm-hmm. and I am really emotionally tied to people. So if I do that, that'll just be really messy and really bad. <laughs> Um, And I think what God was showing me that whole time was just like, no, like it's worth it. Like, like it is possible for people's hearts to be changed. And like Mm -hmm. you actually, you don't do that. Like by grace, they've been saved. Like by grace, like I will like, like see them and I will see their oppression and I will see what they've been put through and I will like, I will save them. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that kind of gave me the freedom when I changed my major to human relations at OU, my third year of college, um, (laughs) that kind of was like the piece that led me into that. Um, And there's a lot that goes into that story. There's Haiti involved Mm -hmm. learning about slavery there. But ultimately I think he was showing me like, like, you know, back to like what I always wanted to do is just help people. And so, yeah. So you were about 
you were both about the same age, like middle mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. when you first learned about human trafficking, whether mm-hmm. it was called that or not. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's that's really when God sparked that mm-hmm. in you. And then you went different paths. I think that's pretty normal, though, mm-hmm. um, sure. to go one way, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to like your career, because you're right. like, this is what you do to make money in it. Right. And like, yeah. if you have a passion for making an impact, you don't always think that that's going to be like your career path. Mm-hmm. They're somehow like right. separate. Right. You're not aware of what the options are. I think that's I right. didn't know what a nonprofit was. You right. Know? No. Like, never even heard of that. For sure. <laughs> didn't no. know that was a career option. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Maybe working for one. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Right. Um, no, but I will say, I was a real weird kid, and I pretended (laughs) to run a homeless shelter in my bedroom. I was, uh, I played by myself a lot because my siblings (laughs) were all older, and I would, I was always doing, like, these, playing, like, these scenarios that had to do with, like, rescuing I mean, rescuing Mm -hmm. in quotes Mm -hmm. or helping people get Mm -hmm. back on their feet or rescuing animals. Mm -hmm. I would pretend that I was also like a park ranger. I was an environmentalist (laughs) for ages nine to ten. And um, then, yeah, eventually my Barbies were often like serving people. Mm. They were having adventures where they helped flood victims and avalanche victims. Guys, I was such a a weird kid. I know, right? (laughs) It is, but I'm like, I was legit born this way. You were so aware as a young kid, though. (laughs) I guess so, guys. I don't know. But I, my distinct memory is, oh my gosh, I'm, the listener can't see that I'm covering up my eyes. I don't consider myself to be someone who's embarrassed very often. It's just so weird. I would like pretend I'd like pretend to fold blankets and put them away so they could be distributed to the people living in the homeless shelter beyond oh my, my bedroom walls. I this is like everyone's dream child. I like, guess right. is it though? No kind I, of. I, wrote, I, mean, I drew I out I drew out <laughs> checks. Like paycheck, not paychecks, mm-hmm. but like checks. And then I would make them out to like various vendors and I would go to the door of my bedroom and I would pretend that they were like delivering food or water or things. And I would like cut out the check and like give it to the imaginary person on the other side. You all. That's wow. incredible. What though? <laughs> what kid does that? It's super weird. <laughs> it's weird. Um, you just, you knew exactly what you were going to do. I'm pretty sure, right? There's no doubt. Right? <laughs> um, I also always, oh, and I would draw posters mm-hmm. f- about for the organization and I would mm-hmm. tape them around the house. So my parents mm-hmm. would just, you know, my parents would just be watching TV and walk out of the kitchen. They'd be like, you know, posters, <laughs> my Barbies, and you probably don't know Gem and the Holograms. Do you? Mm-hmm. Just before your time, anyway. But that was like a, a girl rock band cartoon mm-hmm. that had mm-hmm. dolls with it. And um, so they would put on charity concerts. Mm-hmm. So my parents would get up some Saturday morning and I would have already been awake and created concert posters. And they would know <laughs> that at a certain time they were to come into my bedroom. And I would have all the dolls lined up with their fake instruments on my window seat. And I would play like little songs on my tape but they were like Paula Abdul they were like mm-hmm. real songs like these were <laughs> yeah there was no kids songs you but were literally anyway. event planning as I, a nine-year-old I wow. know that's yeah I know it's not weird like, though everything from paying the vendors to making posters like, like what is the deal <laughs> I know it's so funny 
So um, I think that that was a big moment for me when I realized that literally this had been a pattern for me, like for my Mm -hmm. entire life. And then it's funny because I, too, decided in eighth grade that I was going to go into public relations Mm -hmm. because I took a businesses and careers class. So I got to college and I was like, I know my major. And then I took my first I took my intro to public relations class. And I was like, I hate this. Mm -hmm. I have lots of respect for people who do PR well. Mm -hmm. It's great. But I just I just knew it wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Naturally, I switched to French. God can literally use any major that's to right. get you where he wants you to go. I, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> Do you guys want to describe a little bit the human relations major at OU? I feel like mm-hmm. that both of you ended up majoring that, although you didn't know each other. Because Marley, you got your undergrad, and mm-hmm. Kaylee, Kaylee, you were doing your master's. grad, yeah, mm-hmm. a master's degree in it. It's a really unique program, mm-hmm. and I have ended up having several yeah. interns mm-hmm. who studied HR, right. and I feel like it's really informed mm-hmm. your work, right. making Absolutely. an impact. Well, people always assume when you say MHR, you know, undergrad of HR, they think right. human resources. Right. And now right. I think the opposite. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm like human relations. Oh, you mean HR like human resources like everyone else in America. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not it's not human resources. You're not doing, you know, not at all. Yeah. Not <laughs> not totally that different. the hiring, firing, <laughs> right. you know, stuff no. for a business. No, it's very multidisciplinary. It mm-hmm. covers many areas like counseling, social justice, uh, it's like activism yeah. related. So mm-hmm. it's actually the only uh, that I know of. I think human relations is only at the University of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, so George Henderson, who was the first um, African-American man to live even own land in Norman, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, which he got a lot of hate for it when he did that back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, but he teaches actually history of racism in HR now. Um, mm-hmm. He's retired and everything, but he's actually started this major because he saw that there were so many students that specifically wanted a major mm-hmm. geared towards activism mm-hmm. and towards fighting like for justice and, mm-hmm. and social justice type things. Mm-hmm. And so he opened this up. And now we have a whole program of like the master's degree, which you can mm-hmm. go into three different like ways. I think it's like mm-hmm. nonprofit. And then there's, yeah, like, there's just generalized. And then right. you can't actually go the human resources route. Yes, through it, you can. But yeah. Yeah. And isn't one of them also counseling? Isn't there yes. like a counseling route? Like yeah, a, kind of an LPC route. Okay. To get like help, yeah. helping type yeah. field. So that's why I ended up picking mm-hmm. it, though, was because I knew like, I had my undergrad was psychology and counseling, but I knew I didn't want to do traditional sit in the office counseling. Mm-hmm. That wasn't appealing mm-hmm. to me. So the MHR was kind of it incorporated the, you know, the ideals and things that I appreciated out of counseling classes. Mm-hmm. But it was geared in a way that was going to fit my more unique idea of what I wanted to do, you know, without being an LPC, you know. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty, I think, of human relations, too, is, like, it's so flexible. Mm -hmm. Like, you can use it in so many different ways and so many different... My classes were so diverse of the people that were in there. Like, the people are so diverse. Like, Mm -hmm. the, like, the interests of everyone is so, like, it's, it's just so different that Mm -hmm. it's, like, you learn so much just from being in a class. Like, mm-hmm. even if there wasn't a professor, mm-hmm. I feel like we would still learn it. And then just on top from each of other. That, right. Just from each other. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I think that it, I don't know, it just, it really prepares you, like, em- even, like, emotionally, mentally, like, personality-wise, how to, like, interact with people and to see what people actually go through mm-hmm. rather than just, like, having a major and not learning about, like, the hard things. I think mm-hmm. human relations actually mm-hmm. does deal with, like, the hard things in the mm-hmm. world. Right. So. Yeah. It's basically a major for if someone's like, I want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. I want to be an activist in something. Yes. Mm-hmm. It really prepares you for doing that work. Mm-hmm. Majoring in activism. Mm-hmm. That's just yeah. so interesting. <laughs> no wonder so I've cool. had so many mm-hmm. um, interns. Mm-hmm. Um, 
how lucky that it just happens to be at OU. I mean, right. I, remember, I looked for a while for I a master's, George and when I came across that, I was like, yes, <laughs> right. that one. That's so cool. George mm-hmm. Henderson, our mm-hmm. personal yes. hero. Okay. Yep. He's amazing. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my next question for you would be, um, since you have this unique experience, what ways has your passion to make an impact manifested in your life maybe other than doing stuff at Dragonfly or your mm-hmm. studies? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think the first, actually through like um, – my study, I also lived in Haiti. Mm. So before I came to Dragonfly, I spent two summers in Haiti. And kind of like you, Melissa, I learned a lot about like the injustice of mm-hmm. what happened to the Haitian people um, and the poverty that they lived in, the way that Americans have tried to come over and help, but it wasn't effective mm-hmm. and actually ended up hurting them more than helping them when they'd already been hurt so much like by the French in the past. And so I think that seeing that like cycle of like abuse, neglect, um, People trying to like, or even people trying to do the right thing, but it's not actually the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was something I saw and I really grabbed onto before even really knowing that I was passionate about human trafficking. Um, but then I think even from studying this field, I learned more about things like domestic violence, mm-hmm. like sexual assault. I mean, like, you know, homelessness. I think that this field really encompasses like so many different vulnerabilities and so many different like injustices that you kind of can't help but learn about all of them. And then, mm-hmm. and then now you see it, like, all the time. Like, I grew up in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. and now I'm, like, you know, still seeing all these vulnerabilities in a different light than what I would have seen before I, like, learned mm-hmm. and had all this training. So Right. Interesting. I think it can be manifested in kind of, like, little ways Absolutely. throughout. Like, it's not, like, you know, you have your giant passion. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, that seems to be the, mm-hmm. the all-encompassing thing. But there's, like, little things that pop up, too, when you, like, just have a desire to help people like I remember talking to my mom not too long ago about like back years ago when I registered to be a bone marrow donor Mm -hmm. you know it's like they did one of those drives and like you just swab the inside of your cheek and you know it's kind of like you're just on the registry they scan it and if you ever Mm -hmm. happen to be a match you know they'll give you a call but I told my mom was like man I would love nothing more to like get that call and like get to go donate bone marrow and she was like of course you would Kaylee (laughs) I was like what like is is that not something like everyone would just like die to do like freaks me out but yeah but yeah it's just like just wanting to always be like that person that gets to help like even if it's not necessarily like you know it's not like the honor side of it or like you know getting like glory out of it you're just like you want nothing more than just to help people you know if you can just take something out of your body and give it to them like i got two kidneys do you need one (laughs) (laughs) well one of my ears i got two of them too okay well Mm -hmm. that's something that i actually talked about in um one of my first episodes is like it's about what do you have, like, what time do you have available? If you're not going to, if if you're not doing, making an impact with your job, well, then can you do it with the hobby? Mm-hmm. And if you can't do it full time, can you do it part time? Mm-hmm. Maybe the way you make your impact is like through your different relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be the, yes. uh, it can be your whole career mm-hmm. or it can be just something that you do when you've got that time mm-hmm. and just identifying that and Mm-hmm. making it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't say in there think something like giving bone marrow or donating blood, mm-hmm. which if we talk about them too much, I will start to get lightheaded um, because that's the kind of person <laughs> I am and it sucks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. No, that I makes understand. me feel better, Marla. And it, I just, I love that about you, Kaylee. That's amazing. You're like, just let me get my bone marrow. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's those little things, too. I think it's yeah. just 
being aware of it and then finding the opportunities mm-hmm. and then making the time, doing yes. what it takes, making the time in your life mm-hmm. um, to do that. Right. So I think people can get it. overwhelmed thinking about ways uh-huh. to get involved that right. they think like, man, it's going to have to be like, I have to go every Tuesday for four hours in the mm-hmm. evening. And mm-hmm. gee, that interferes with the schedule. I, I'm not going to be able to do it. If I can't do it all the way, I don't want to do it at all. And right. like, that's not what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's not what it has to be. That's you know, right. you can find a place where you can get plugged in and be impactful. That mm-hmm. will work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's one you know, weekend out of the month, like that's great. If it's once every couple of months, great too, you know, anything you do is going to add, you know, to this like collective pot of good deeds, you know, like everyone has a a finite amount of time, but Mm -hmm. we all have the same amount of time, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's just, it's how you choose to spend that time. Right. Which I know is very hard with some people's schedules, but you know, I think everyone has certain giftings that no one else is going to be able to fulfill it the same way you can. That's right. So if, if you're holding right. back something, it's like there's something missing mm-hmm. from whatever was supposed to be from done. the world. Yeah. Thank you for very effectively stating the thesis of this entire podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. And I love the way you said it. Um, something I also mentioned was if you're like passionate about something and you have all these doubts, like mm-hmm. Kaylee is mentioning, like don't assume that just because you have these limitations that someplace can't use you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, don't assume any of that. Don't right. assume that you do know what they need, mm-hmm. but don't assume that you know that they can't use you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like talk to the people. Mm-hmm. Like, find out what do you need? What can I do? Because you mm-hmm. might be able to, example, like for Dragonfly, mm-hmm. because of the highly specialized work we do, we can't always plug people in right away, mm-hmm. you know, serving human trafficking survivors. But if somebody in their own time could, like, organize their own fundraiser, have mm-hmm. some friends over for dinner and ask them to donate or have a bake sale or your own little walkathon. Like that's something you can do entirely in your own time when you've got the time. Right. You're only setting your own deadlines. And then that that is enormously mm-hmm. helpful right. to someone like us. Yes. And I would say I would say most every nonprofit mm-hmm. could benefit from mm-hmm. something Absolutely. like that. Right. And something you mentioned, Marla, and you're talking about all the different areas like domestic violence, sexual assault, homelessness. Those are just three of many issues mm-hmm. you mentioned. Yes. Um, we have told people when we go out and present about human trafficking, we're like, whatever your passion is, like, do that Mm -hmm. because maybe you're like, Oh, I'd like to do something with human trafficking, but that's not really my passion. Okay. But if you are helping someone who is struggling in poverty or mentoring Mm -hmm. a child, or Mm -hmm. you're an excellent foster parent, um, you're a teacher, you're a counselor, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that can make such an, such a difference in reducing like the vulnerabilities. So it's all like you've put it very well. It is a, a collective mm-hmm. pod of good deeds, I believe, is how you said <laughs> That's it. Exactly how she said <laughs> okay, it. Okay, great. Uh, and yeah, but all of it's like mm-hmm. eventually you get the snowball effect mm-hmm. going of Absolutely. people doing good stuff. Mm-hmm. You just don't even think about some of the different needs out there, though. Yeah. You know, that you you think about like in certain areas like human trafficking, only about being on like the front line, you know, mm-hmm. working directly right. with the victims. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize how much background work has to go into and very specialized right. different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Like I just remember you know, my husband, Jamin coming and, you know, he did security systems yeah. and like coming and just giving like a security analysis for Dragonfly mm-hmm. and being like, these are, these are the things I think you can need. Like, I don't think people would ever assume like, gee, security system person coming and helping, mm-hmm. you know, you just don't think yeah. of like those individual specialized areas, right. but 
Like there's so many different ways you could help. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone Mm -hmm. has something to contribute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm feeling real fired up. (laughs) Okay. Next question. These are questions that I texted you all earlier. Um, And I'm just saying that for the benefit of the listener. Uh, Okay. So we've talked a lot about all these like super fun times, but what obstacles have you faced and overcome if any, mm-hmm. with making an impact, whether that's, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I don't actually want to inform what you're going to say. Just what are some things that come to mind? For me, so as I, me and Melissa talk a lot about the Enneagram. And so if you're familiar with that, I am a type two. So type two is the helper. So I think for me, the biggest obstacle I've actually come into with um, making an impact. And specifically for me, I, I always try to take on projects. Um, and like, while people can look at me a lot of times and be like, well, she's such a great person because she's taking on this person and she's helping the rent get paid. Like mm-hmm. I've had friends that have like drug addictions, have, they, you know, lose their jobs, they have disabilities and I will try to take on everything that they are going through mm-hmm. and be their like advocate when I already work at a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And even if I didn't, I still feel like that's not something that someone you know, not qualified for that should take on. But I typically, I think my biggest obstacle is I say yes to so many things. And then Mm -hmm. I feel the weight of someone's entire situation. And I Mm -hmm. feel like it's my job. Like, Mm -hmm. because I think, I think there's a pride in it. That's like, oh, I think like nobody else will do this. Mm -hmm. And I get, I tend to get mad. I'm a Christian, tend to get really (laughs) upset at the church. And Mm -hmm. God's this year showed me a lot of that is like, you know, an old, like an own, like pride in my own heart. And he's kind of shown me now to like part of what I do out in my outside time outside of Dragonfly is I really do ha- try to help educate my local church. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully that will get relayed to other churches sometimes. But um, if I can just do that, like that can help. And so I think to bring that all around, I think overcoming that has looked like, honestly, it looks like taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, as weird as that sounds, like if, if I can, if I'm going to make an impact and I don't take care of myself, like the impact's just not going to be that great mm-hmm. if, if it even is. Get burnt out. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I was talking about earlier in Haiti, all the, all the things I saw that Americans were doing where they were coming in and they were passing things out and it wasn't actually helping. Um, I think that's what I did, but on a very low scale. Um, mm-hmm. And to people, it looks good because as Americans, we're like, oh, we should be helping that homeless person or we should be helping the person who's addicted to drugs when really I just became like a, a savior, if you will, for mm-hmm. them. And then they never actually were got better because mm-hmm. I was just there for them. And so I think that's something that I've had to learn with boundaries and okay. like self-care and knowing that like I'm a friend to that person, but I cannot like save them from everything. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay to like step in a few times, but as far as like taking on a whole project, I've had to learn to like step away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that seems really mean. And I feel like I'm being so horrible when I do that. But like, but really, I mean, it's it's really shown that it's like I can't do it all. And like, mm-hmm. I really have to choose humil- humility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's probably the biggest obstacle is just taking on projects, taking on so much helping mm-hmm. that it can sometimes like you were saying, like some people get overwhelmed mm-hmm. by just like a little bit. Like I actually like would I would feel bad about myself if I wasn't spending every moment of my waking, like my waking life mm-hmm. helping. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I had to learn how to step back from that. Mm-hmm. So because if you're going to help people in an excellent way, you have to have self-care and boundaries Absolutely. so that you're actually making a positive impact. Because without Absolutely. those things, mm-hmm. you're just not going to. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Also, also a thesis of episode three of this podcast. <laughs> Thanks, guys. They don't even know. <laughs> You're really hammering all my points, and I appreciate it. We're all the same because we were born on the same day. That exactly. Just the same soul. Right. Same soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, ma'am? Oh, it's kind of funny that I got on my soapbox of like every bit makes a difference because uh-huh. that's kind of an early obstacle, you know, where you mm. if you start getting into to working and helping and you're like, gee, I just spent an hour loading letters, you know, and you're like, mm. that wasn't what I had in mind. That wasn't right. what I thought my impact was going to look like uh-huh. and kind of being discouraged uh-huh. by the fact that you you don't see the immediate impact, right. you, you know, mm. that I feel like that sometimes goes back to leaders of different organizations informing you and, you know, making sure you know why what you're doing right here is important. Right. Yeah. You know, this is why this is so vital and why every part is vital. Mm-hmm. That was one thing I really did love about Dragonfly was every different project. I felt like I know why this is helpful mm-hmm. to the overall mission right. of the organization. But mm-hmm. just feeling like it is what I'm doing big. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It, you know, because you can get discouraged pretty quickly if you feel mm-hmm. like I'm wasting my time. Right. With like menial tasks. Right. But I will I will vouch and say that Kaylee did spend interminable hours stuffing, <laughs> folding, stuffing <laughs> envelopes, um, organizing addresses, mm-hmm. labeling, stamping. I felt like that was really a you project mm-hmm. somehow yeah. last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know what you mean mm-hmm. because we've all done that everyone Mm -hmm. in leadership at dragonfly has all done that stuff too Mm -hmm. and i think it's hard when you're when you're not in the back end of a nonprofit to see like uh so you're stuffing envelopes but these are donor request letters Mm -hmm. and like we have to send those out because one time we spoke with someone Mm -hmm. and he was like oh i was waiting to receive something in the mail from you guys Mm -hmm. to send you my next check and Mm -hmm. we were like Oh, mm-hmm. I guess we'll start mailing things. We we're very young. We're still a very young organization, but we were way younger then. Mm-hmm. And we're like, I guess we will start sending those mailers. Mm-hmm. So all the volunteers who come and fold and stuff and everything and send them out, like the ultimate return is people donate to us mm-hmm. and we can save and transform the lives mm-hmm. of human trafficking survivors mm-hmm. who've suffered brutal violence Mm -hmm. and oppression like most of us have never experienced Mm -hmm. and like turn things around and they work super hard and we're just able to walk alongside them as they're doing that Mm -hmm. yeah because someone took a few hours Mm -hmm. and stuffed some envelopes right i mean it's hard not to see the big picture but i could say like for whoever's listening right now going back to this idea of whatever it is you're passionate about find a nonprofit to support who you know is trustworthy and doing that work Mm -hmm. because they can't we as we're leading this organization we can't set aside all the stuff we're doing the stuff envelopes you got to have help right and so all of those little things Mm -hmm. yeah kind of like you mentioned marla you can get like a savior complex of like this is what it was supposed to look like i was supposed to be saving people you know but yeah you have no idea the the you know kind of butterfly effect that 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 small act at the beginning had all the way down the road right i don't think we ever really will know that's so, true you know, absolutely that's, that's, i think that's do. the beauty of of so many of those tasks is mm-hmm. like we, we don't know. And I think that's something that even mm-hmm. working in a nonprofit, like we, I mean, confidentiality is huge mm-hmm. and especially in the work that we do. Mm-hmm. So most of the time we don't, we don't know like 98% of like what mm-hmm. actually is happening. Right. right. And I think that because that's. Because our department yeah. doesn't, we're not direct care. Right. So we're not working one-on-one with survivors. Mm-hmm. Just exactly. to clarify. Right. Yeah. But that's true. And I think mm-hmm. that like, that's something that has helped 
me a lot, like, because mm-hmm. you eventually get used to it, and it's just, it's mm-hmm. something you do, and so, like, and initially going into this job, like, or internship, or whatever, mm-hmm. I think we think a certain way about, mm-hmm. like, what, like, working at a nonprofit that fights human trafficking will look like, mm-hmm. and when it's nothing like what we thought, we, mm-hmm. like, get those expectations completely torn down, but then we're able to build up, like, okay, but there is more meaning, mm-hmm. and, like, the background work, and every job is equal, it's just, mm-hmm. like, we need all hands, and we would never tell, like, like someone else like we would never tell like um you know another intern like oh well you just like research labor trafficking so I mean you're not really doing the work like we would never tell that to somebody else but we somehow think it about ourselves right Right. yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah it's like it's this this like juxtaposition between like your pride thinking mm-hmm. like I need to be doing these great things. And then also like your self-esteem being like, I'm not doing anything good. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> obstacle <laughs> is ourselves. Yes, right? exactly. That actually. actually flows pretty well though, into my last question for our podcast episode, which is um, what are some rewards? So like you're doing this. I mean, I know Kaylee, you're, mm-hmm. we even talk about the fact that you're helping college students every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, at Southwestern Christian University, but like whether it's in the context of that job, working mm-hmm. at Dryafly or mm-hmm. something else, what are some unexpected rewards that you've experienced mm-hmm. as you have pursued these careers making an impact with these certain expectations mm-hmm. you have yeah. and those get torn down, but mm-hmm. then replaced with something yes. else, which mm-hmm. in my experience can be like blessings that are so surprising. You're like, whoa, I didn't even see that level of awesomeness coming. Mm-hmm. Any, any thoughts on that? One of the greatest things that came out of, you know, the whole internship was just gaining so much knowledge about this area that I could have sworn I knew so much about mm-hmm. before. And then to realize, oh, shoot, I was believing a lot of stuff that wasn't actually true. You know, so many myths that have just been, you know, perpetuated, but mm-hmm. they don't ring true whenever you're getting down to the nitty gritty. And mm-hmm. just having those moments where someone might mention something that I'm like, well, actually... Mm-hmm you know, surprised to know, I used to think that, but would, wouldn't you believe that's not true? Like yeah. I was shocked to learn that wasn't true. And just, just getting to share that knowledge with other people and yeah. them realizing, or just even, you know, someone that never even thought like, I mean, specifically human trafficking, they, they had no idea that was going on here. They, they thought that was something that happened across the world, you know, mm-hmm. and just getting to kind of, I mean, burst their bubble a little bit of, you know, no, yeah. I'm, I'm afraid it does happen here. And, you know, we yeah. there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And you can kind of see them getting the realization, oh, right. okay, so that might be kind of the start of them getting involved mm-hmm. or doing something, just, you know, right. sharing a little bit of information. But, yeah. yeah, just knowledge. Right. You know. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that because someone had to tell you, someone had to tell me about human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Right. Someone had to tell you about human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. right. That could spark it. We know mm-hmm. people, we've had people who learned about human trafficking um, I have a, a volunteer right now who is semi-retired, mm-hmm. and she learned about human trafficking a few years ago. And, like, there's no such thing as, as that happening too late in life. Mm-hmm. Getting a new passion? Yes. Right. Like, we gotta, we gotta do stuff our mm-hmm. whole lives, yeah. you guys. Mm-hmm. That's my belief, at least. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and she's come and volunteered for me, and she's just helped me, like, mm-hmm. from moment one. Mm-hmm. Because someone told her. Right. About human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I could go off on a whole other tangent. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop myself now. Marla? <laughs> um, I, I would say that, I mean, there's so many things. Um, I mean, more than anything, I think my faith has grown. 
Um, I feel like I went through a whole stage of like believing how could God allow something like the darkness of human trafficking to happen um, and went through like a whole just, yeah, it was a really dark time of just like, I don't even know what I believe. Like, I feel like if this is happening, how can there be a God? Mm -hmm. Um, And growing up a Christian, that can be scary to like grapple with those thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that actually working at the Dragonfly Home or even volunteering before I was working there, I think I started to realize that actually, I feel like this is even more proof that he is like good and he's real because um, it makes, again, like it just makes no sense that someone could come out of that and then like be thriving. Mm -hmm. Like, and I feel like hearing the stories of the people that we serve every day, whether, and I don't like, I don't meet them, Mm -hmm. but I know their stories and I know that like, like they just, everything is different about them, like over like the therapy they get and, Mm -hmm. Um, the ways that, you know, our direct care cares for them so well and, and helps them to get back on their feet and get back, you know, into the world. And sometimes that looks like a few months, sometimes that looks like years, um, but it's possible. And I, so I think more than anything, like my relationship with Jesus is better because of this work Mm -hmm. and because of like helping. And so, um, I would say that like stemming from that is just now there's this whole like world open of of getting to like share truth with people. And also I grew up with a lot of friends that were not Christians that were saying Christians are doing nothing about this. Um, and Christians are like, they're um, turning a blind eye to the issues of the world. And now I'm seeing a whole organization of Christians, like, you know, fighting this. And, um, I've even had friends come up to me and be like, wow, I'm actually, I was shocked that you went into this as a Christian, but I'm actually, now I see that Christians are actually like making a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was like, yeah, actually in the Bible, that's what the people of God, we're actually supposed to be on the front lines right. of all of this. Right. Um, so I'm glad that you're seeing that. And mm-hmm. so I think it's also been just a testimony to like how God er, like er, have has always wanted to use his people. Mm-hmm. Um so that's the biggest thing for me. I know there's a lot of other things that can okay. go into that. Like mm-hmm. I totally resonate with what Kaylee said too. Um, I've I've seen that a lot too. So, but it's been. I mean, I cannot tell you the joy and the gift and the blessing that this has all been. Like, and I can't wait to see what God does. You know, for the rest of our lives. But mm-hmm. like, it's just been so good. Like, mm-hmm. I probably couldn't. I couldn't ask for like more. Right. So. Well, it's a perfect segue to close because I will tell you what I've been saying. I I really got involved with this. Um, Well, I took my first steps on August 7th, 2013 um, toward making an impact on in this cause. And something I've said all along was I've been astounded at the friendships that I've made. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the people who I met early on. Um, and that my, my fellow co-founders at Dragonfly, Whitney and Nikki are two of those people, but then a couple of other people who I met who were, um, running organizations that were really, they're really doing, continue to this day, mm-hmm. doing good work, mm-hmm. especially with raising awareness about human trafficking mm-hmm. and people in those organizations like became my legit friends, mm-hmm. like people who I, um, talked with and laughed with and prayed with and, mm-hmm. I encouraged them and they encouraged me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I didn't even expect to get awesome friends mm-hmm. out of this. Mm-hmm. And now here I am like sitting here with you guys. It would have been a year or so ago that we mm-hmm. would have discovered mm-hmm. about our birthdays. Yeah. It was before our birthdays because I made a plan in that moment, which I executed, which was to make 
which was to make a photo montage of the three of us mm-hmm. and Tom Cruise yes. <laughs> because his birthday is also July 3rd. And I made it and I posted it mm-hmm. on our birthdays. And I'll probably do that every year from so now on. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can you can expect that. Just continue updating the pictures. Right. That's what I was thinking. But it'll just be the same one of him. <laughs> um, and anyway, it's just like this is kind of like the perfect example of mm-hmm. that because you two have been such a blessing. And we all just have loved knowing you and so grateful, even though you, I've placed my hand upon your shoulder, Kaylee, because they can't see me doing that. <laughs> even though you're no longer an intern with us, like you're always part of Team Dragonfly. Mm-hmm. We say this. Yes. Um, and then Marla being on our staff and just, yeah, having you people and mm-hmm. you people mm-hmm. become such good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, that means the world. Mm-hmm. I never saw it coming. Never would have known. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I interviewed you, Kaylee, in a mm-hmm. coffee shop in February. Yep. Wow. And I told Whitney, I was like, she seems really cool. She's very bubbly. <laughs> and I was like, I think we should go for it. And, and so even that, did. how that all worked out was so, mm-hmm. so last minute. Uh-huh. Literally as last minute as it could be right. to get my internship approved right. at OU. Wow. Just like slid it in yeah. at the last second. Mm-hmm. And then you were with us for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And then you left and we were sad. Um, but <laughs> we, we still are. You. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> Well, okay. I guess this is it for our birthday episode. Thank you so much for coming and sitting in my guest room. Usually I record in my closet, but I I decked out this place, this guest room with all Mm -hmm. sorts of noise, uh, subduing sheets and blankets. And then I added a happy birthday banner (laughs) for randomness. She did an incredible job. And and I got these crowns and we're all going to go out and have a treat now and (laughs) take photos of it that the listener can enjoy. So thank you. I love you both so much and happy birthday because it is July 3rd today. Also happy birthday. Oh yeah. To me. (laughs) I was like, Oh, who else? (laughs) Right. And to Tom Cruise. (laughs) Wherever you are, are, happy birthday. (laughs) Thanks so much, you guys.